Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Jock Talk Podcast with Ty and Cricket. Yes! As usual, Cricket's going to give us our rundown, and then we will begin. All right, so today we got our current events first. I'm going to talk about that good old quarantine 15. The quarantine 15. That's going which around. Which is hilarious. <laughs> That's a hilarious term for I it. have no idea what you're talking about, so you can go ahead and give me your, your title of current event. Uh, new grip strength threshold identifies diabetes risk. Oh, Seems I like it. those two things would not be... Uh, correlated or connected i'm gonna make an argument for why they would be i love it all right q a we have a question from francesca Francesca. i'm excited she sent us a question on instagram so i'm so excited to answer that and then our second question cows macros all those grams is all the counting really necessary hmm it's a, good, it's a good question it is a good question yeah we can we can talk about that and then we're gonna bust a myth Blank, meaning enter name here, is my ideal body. Hmm. I like that Chris is singing back up for us right now. We have a <laughs> resident rock star here at the Joke Talk Podcast, and he yeah. hops in sometimes. We also have two mascots. Who? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jane and Benji. Uh, what funny. kind of dog is Benji? He's a Yorkie Poo. Yorkie Poo. do that on purpose. Our Yorkie Poo. And uh, Jane is uh, what we in Texas called a summer dog. What's a summer dog? Summer. S-U-M-A. Some of this. Yes. Some of that. No idea what she is. Some of them over there. She's just nasty. Yeah. She's savage. And my favorite. Um, Yeah, she's all of that. (laughs) She's my favorite. (laughs) All right, folks. Here we go. Uh, Cricket, you're starting on the current event? Oh, I can't wait. Yes. Oh, my God. All right. So did you gain the freshman 15? I did, actually, yeah. I'm so happy about that. My freshman year was the year I started working out, and I thought a lot of stupid shit at the time. Uh, and you so, got puffy. yeah, 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 I did. Uh, I thought that gaining 15 pounds just meant I was gonna be jacked. Okay. I didn't understand how long it takes muscle to grow. I didn't understand that just seeing pounds on the scale did not mean I was building any muscle. Yeah. Although I did build some, certainly not 15 pounds in the six weeks. It took me six oh, weeks man, to gain like could see this. 15 pounds. Sausage Tyler. Sausage Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just puffy and swollen. So I did gain the, that was my freshman year. So technically, yeah. But not from like drinking beer and doing the stuff that no. the freshman 15 came no, from. No, come on. You know, I've been this way. From the beginning. Okay. I've been All right. very serious about sleeping eight hours pretty much my whole life. <laughs> yeah, I could see Pretty that. much the whole three-year-old time. I don't think I've ever not done that either. 13-year-old time, 23-year-old time, <gasps> 33, 43. It's well, so different. Okay. Okay, keep keep going. Yeah, so we are not the um, Washington Post gave us this article, which I'm excited about. Mm-hmm. We aren't piling on pounds in lockdown digital scale maker finds these statistics i'm so excited okay this is interesting okay you have my attention thank you good news from the internet of flab (laughs) i love that the washington post did that ew (laughs) data from connected scales suggests Uh, americans are not piling on lots of pounds while coronavirus isolation continues what a what a bad joke (laughs) you 
Oh, he should be ashamed of himself. Withings, the maker of popular internet, internet connected scales and other body measurement devices, studied what happened to the weight of some 450,000 of its American users between March 22nd and April 18th. It's about four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, when New York ordered people have these at home. So mm-hmm. despite concerns about gaining a quarantine 15, the average user gained 0.21 pounds during that month. Some 37% of people gained more than a pound. Okay, here's what I know. I know how much weight I gained in the first four weeks. I went from, just so you know, 116.8 mm-hmm. to 121.8. <laughs> Wait, that was in the first how, how many weeks? Four weeks. First month. Okay. Yeah. And here's what happened. I, at first, the work, like my workouts weren't happening because mm-hmm. we were coaching online. So yeah. I was like, surely I'm moving so much. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to move. And then I was drinking twice a week. Mm-hmm. I was stressed. So I was drinking twice a week. And then I was, I don't know what happens, but when you're not really being present, there's mm-hmm. my alarm, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Time to take the mascots out. Oh, oh, here no. they come. Oh, wow. Here they, they come. Knew. They know. But anyways, I was trying to do everything else. <laughs> Benjamin, Jean, Lord. Um, and I wasn't paying attention to what I was eating, uh-huh. how much I was eating, uh-huh. all the calories and that stuff. So what I ended up having was about 500 extra calories every three days. Which makes up about a thousand to twelve hundred extra calories in my diet and less caloric burn and weightlifting for four weeks. Which yes, I did not gain muscle in this time. I gained five pounds of not good pounds. <laughs> five of the not good kind of pounds. Yep. So uh-huh. the analysis that they released Friday in the latest effort by a tech company to quantify how lives have changed during the pandemic using data from Internet Things and Devices says that we should also read weight results with some caution. Mm-hmm. Some of these studies are more marketing efforts than contributions to public health. Indeed. That's a true statement. Is it? That... Is it, though? Well, I mean... Uh... To a degree, it's two things can be true at once. It can be true information, and they can be using it as a marketing tactic. This cocktail is delicious. It's that jalapeno. If you want a good cocktail, listen, this is what you do. Dan Prevett taught me this. Okay. You chop up a jalapeno, mm-hmm. and then you put equal parts sugar and water in a pot. You simmer it, and it makes this smoky, amazing sugar your own sugar syrup you're really selling this you're really selling it it's delicious and then i put it with some uh grand marier orange liquor mm-hmm. liqueur and then i put some shots of blanco tequila and then it's cinco de mayo <laughs> is this your second cocktail man i love a good drink at 345 <laughs> is that your second cocktail yes sir all right, yeah. Well, that's going to be one of those episodes, ladies and gentlemen. I can't wait to hear about grip. <laughs> <laughs> well, that uh, didn't sound sincere at all. I know there are direct correlations with grip strength and heart disease. There are. Yes, there are. And again, for anybody who maybe never heard that information, that might sound like two things that are or wouldn't be connected. 
grip strength and your heart health, or mm-hmm. in this case, grip strength and diabetes risk. Well, anybody that's seen Over the Top knows that that's not true. You don't even know what that movie is. Over the Top? Over the Top. You're an asshole for not knowing what that is, by the I way. I have no clue what I'm that gonna is. I'm going to find the picture of it while you talk for a second, because sure. I'm sure I could just get all this information <laughs> from you. <laughs> like a dirt bag. Uh the researchers behind a new study have now identified specific grip strength cut points that indicate type 2 diabetes, making two. it possible for doctors to perform quick, easy testing for diabetes. Okay. Our study identifies the level of hand grip strength slash weakness that correlates with type 2 diabetes okay. and otherwise healthy men. And she's showing me <laughs> the movie poster and it's got... Sylvester Stallone apparently arm wrestling. Wait, is this the arm wrestling movie that he was? Oh, yeah, I know that shit. Yeah, I've seen that. You love it. Okay. Okay. Good Good old Sly. You know, like where he's like in his semi, he's a truck driver. Yeah. And he's just squeezing for his workouts. (laughs) Stupid. Uh, However, the research. Oh, wait, no. Our study identifies the level of hand grip strength slash weakness that correlate with type 2 diabetes and otherwise healthy men and women according to their body weights and ages. So, again, they take into account body weight and take into account age. In the study, okay. Uh huh. And then they identify. Yeah! You identify. We're going into some prehistoric shit right Oh, here. my God. The identiforest. They identified <laughs> a certain level of grip strength at each age and body weight that was a very strong indicator of diabetes. So if <gasps> the people at that age and weight were below that level of grip strength, yeah. they were extremely at likely risk. Mm-hmm, okay. to develop type 2 diabetes when, again, they were demonstrating no other symptoms. Wow. So these doctors were able to identify risk without diabetes symptoms. And if you start experiencing the symptoms in some ways, it might already be too late. What is that? You think it's circulation? You think it's like your your veins are just pumping and you're just like, look how vascular I am. I'm going to say the only thing at play here with grip strength is just physical activity. Okay. So the the overall stronger you are. Right. They're overall stronger, but also they're working out. Mm. Those people are engaging in some kind of physical activity. That might be at a certain age. That might be cutting your grass. Yeah. That might be bailing hay. What you know, labor outside. Probably not bailing hay. Lord have mercy. Some hay. Maybe they garden as a hobby. Maybe they do work they out. Do what gardening? No, you said garden. <laughs> Maybe they garden. What's wrong? Can you not say that? Is that not how you say that? Garden. You Maybe said they garden. gardening. Oh my god! All right, she's drunk. I'm high <laughs> and drunk. Jocks at heart. Jocks at heart, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, but again, I think the people with the higher amounts of grip strength, the only thing at play here is that they have a higher amount of physical activity that they're going through on a regular basis, and that physical activity is, of course good at preventing diabetes also uh muscle is inherently protective against diabetes Mm. the whole idea about muscle not being good for your health is just not true you have a the more muscle you have on the body of course within reason not you know ronnie coleman or anything but 
um, a clean lifter who's built muscle over the years. That muscle allows them to have a better carb response when they consume carbohydrates. Their insulin response when they eat, period, is going to be better than somebody with less muscle. I like knowing all of that. So, yes, lift weights again for the 98th time was the point. That was my point. Jock. At heart. All right, Francesca, you ready? Excuse me, can you have some respect? Oh, my fault. I'm popular in this month. Francesca says, where do we send questions? And I said, right here. (laughs) I wanted to ask about fasted workouts, or more specifically, working out in the morning on an empty stomach. Good, bad, depends. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Can you read it all over again? Oh, he wasn't paying attention. (laughs) Future wife of Tyler... (laughs) Oh shit! Oh my God! Hold on, my bad. What is still happening? Put on do not disturb. I'm popular now. Now people want to talk to me now. What happened? I don't know. Now I started wearing tight clothes. He he did start wearing (laughs) too tight of clothes. You remember how I dressed when I first started working at Go Try? Yeah, I'll bring you a picture. (laughs) (laughs) I was still rocking basketball shorts and shit. Yeah, he was, and he got some. Shorter shorts. I got short shorts. Clothing. He's also made some serious gains in quarantine. Thank, thank you. You're thank welcome. you. I've been making some gains out here. I wanted to ask about fasted workouts, or more specifically, working out in the morning on an empty stomach. Good, bad, depends. Thank you so much. Mm. Okay. You want to answer first, or you want me to go first? I love a good fasted workout. I work out on an empty stomach in yeah. the morning, but by my lift in the afternoon, I work out. I've had some food. Yeah. For um, for cardio yeah. stuff, either way is fine. It's not going to make much difference. For lifting, for muscle purposes, I would suggest you try to have something an hour before. Uh, give those nutrients time to hit your bloodstream. And again... To lift more and make more progress? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, performance will be better, so you'll get more reps, which is obviously a good thing. And also, the the uh what's the word i'm looking for recovery response Mm. uh the body will have nutrients to operate off of that's great so to speak less doms yeah so late onset muscle soreness just in case people don't know i'm a nerd hold on let me i'm gonna give it pat on the back pat on the back thank you there you go uh so yeah if muscle is your priority i'd say try to have something like an hour before working out past that is it's just preference whatever you like some people get sick if they work out fasted uh it's probably just at first yeah yeah when you're starting to get used to it Usually. also if you're listening to this and muscle isn't your priority i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. gotta know that it's yeah muscle <laughs> we're both extremely douchey when it comes to lifting a and a couple of meatheads yeah a couple of assertive pick some heavy stuff up a couple of assertive meatheads yeah stubborn All right. question number two Francesca we hope that answers it that if you're lifting yes go ahead and consume some calories for cardio it doesn't really matter is the answer that's the answer and then let's go to our next question Mm -hmm. we have so many clients asking this right now because I think people are either not wanting a lot of structure and finding it overwhelming or finding structure and counting things to be comforting. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So calories, macros, grams, is all of the counting really necessary? Okay, so I'm going to ask an extra question. Are you putting coronavirus in the context of this question? I say we can keep it out because I think okay. it's... just in general. Yeah. Is it necessary? Correct. I think I found that with or without um, quarantine and coronavirus, the counting will overwhelm the same audience. Mm-hmm. As if we're not in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, so... I know what your follow-up question is going to be. What? I know it. You ready? It's going to be like this. Well, um... <laughs> uh, so, what is... What are your goals? <laughs> According to my calculations... No. First of all, I'm, don't goals? disrespect me like that again on, on uh, this podcast. Okay. I'm not a nerd. Ah, yeah, you are. I'm not. It's great. Answer the question. Okay. No, it's not necessary. Oh. Just a hard no. I never thought you were going to say that. No, it's certainly not necessary. Do you think tracking something is? Well, so listen, most things with all this fitness stuff, I like to put in terms of good, better, best, or best, better, good. Okay. In the inverse way. It's not necessary to count macros. No, of course not. You don't have to do it to make progress. Plenty of people have made progress without counting macros, without counting how many grams of fiber. But what most people come to us looking for is not necessarily just what works, but what's optimal. Yeah. I would if there's a way for me to put on 10 pounds of muscle in 12 months as opposed to 24 months, how do I do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How you do that is by counting macros. Yep. So, it's not necessary, certainly not. Counting all of it is not necessary, but it is beneficial. It is the best way to do it, I would say. What if you're like somebody wants weight loss and that's their goal? I would, uh, my same answer. Really? Yeah. I'd still say, because again, there's plenty of people who just started exercising and they lost a bunch of weight. There's plenty of people who uh, started keto and lost a bunch of weight. There's plenty of people who started intermittent. Oh my god! Yes, I think I just had a stroke. It's like Madden, but inner Madden fasting. <laughs> inner Madden. <laughs> Yo, bro, uh, you play that new Madden? That new Madden fasting? They got a fasting uh thing in there now, man. You just sit there and your avatar doesn't eat for you, eight hours. Yeah, you just sit there and be hungry for eight hours. <laughs> hungry as fuck. Uh, so. Uh, intermittent fasting. There's plenty of people who did Atkins back in the day. All the different diets, and they didn't count anything, really. They just ate a certain way, and they lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. So it's not necessary. No, it's not necessary to. It's not necessary to do any of it. Really, it is most certainly beneficial, and it's most certainly better than not doing it. I would say. Yeah, and I think it gives you. Um an edge on being able to progress more mm-hmm. quickly. And for people who just hate the counting, because there's plenty of people who just don't want to go through the tediousness of counting every gram of protein and carbohydrates and fats, right? I totally get it. That's fine. I did it for maybe my first year, year and three months, maybe, something like that, and haven't since, because uh, I kind of figured out timing. I figured out portions i know what you know 25 grams of protein looks like as far as beef or chicken or 
fish, you know. So I got a feel a for year. it. Don't need to anymore. Uh, and still have made quite a bit of progress. But would I have made more progress if I was still counting macros? I think so. I think I'd probably be more muscular. Absolutely. <sighs> a year. I counted and logged in my <laughs> fitness pal for seven years. <laughs> seven years. I ate that's... to a meal plan for oh, four years in wow. bodybuilding from a coach. Wow. Yeah, the whole bodybuilding thing. I really I have a lot of respect for it. It's a lot. It's an obsession for me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> for anybody else. Yeah. But for me, it was like a way to feel absolute control over yeah. something. A hundred percent. Being your body, I think. Oh, you know, yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily unhealthy. It probably can be. I think when, yes, Jane, yes. Yeah, Jane I think at the time, I was like, it needed to happen. All right, let's bust this myth. Yes, ma'am. You are going to enter her name, and I'm going to enter her name of somebody that we thought this about. Deal. Blank, enter her name here, is my ideal body. Michael B. Jordan. Ooh. Britney Spears, I'm a slave for you. Mm, okay. This is a myth. I remember I'm a slave. Okay, so what are we addressing here, though? Is, or is the question how, you know, the a person's ability to look like ideal body? Yes, and how my or, thing with this is I've had probably a lot, a lot of people in this quarantine ask me for, hey, this is my goal. I want to look like this. Hey, this is my goal. I want to look like this. Most of them are younger, and they're not referencing themselves at a certain time period. Mm -hmm. And I want to... I remember me going after this body for years, mm -hmm. and then noticing, not until in my 30s, going, oh, that's not my body. Yeah, I can't look at this and shape myself after this person. Also, bodybuilding did help me with that. When you get torn to shreds on your symmetry for yourself, yeah. it'll help you. Jane is pissed. <laughs> Somebody's here. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's no, because of genetics, there's no way, there's no way outside of, people have tried this even with surgery to look yes. like a, a certain, you know, there's all the Kardashian copycats. Um, there was some guy who got surgery on his face to look like Michael Jackson. There's it, people who do, it's not possible. You can't look exactly like another person. It's just not in the cards. You can become the optimal version of yourself is what you can do. Um, exactly. Here's a thought experiment I have for you. It's just popped in my head. Do if it. you could show your 20-year-old self your current physique, what do you think 20-year-old Cricket would think? Man. I think then... No, I was already looking at body... But no, I wasn't looking at bodybuilding. I think then I'd be like... Wow, she's really muscular. Mm -hmm. That's too much muscle. Um, mostly because, wow, that's a great question because it really makes me reflect on the influence of what media made popular mm -hmm. and made appealing. Yeah. And a little bit softer and skinnier and so much airbrushing yeah. was a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would have thought that I was um, too muscular. Okay. That's interesting. What about a 25 year old cricket? Game on. I was already training for bodybuilding. Oh, no. So that would have, I would have asked what I was doing. And I looked at some pictures of me. I went all the way back to my Instagram in 2015, 2014. And I was like, 
I was so soft. So soft. I could have been so much leaner. You have gotten uh, leaner and stayed leaner consistently. What's up, Chris? We have a special guest, ladies and gentlemen, our resident rock star, Chris Hodges. Yes. Here. Crashing the party. You're going to belt out a couple Who's of notes. Uh, Jules and Kevin. I'm oh so God. excited. All right, guys. Uh, I think that's our uh, cue to go. Yeah. We'll take that as our cue to go. Myth busted. Don't choose somebody else's body. Think about what will make you feel the best. Yeah, your optimal self. Your optimal what self. What that looks like for you. Hey, we're jocks at heart. Bench warmers in reality. We'll see you next week. Yes, we will.